Different intro. I'm on the edge of my seat. Welcome, everybody, back to a very special episode of Upworthy Weekly. My name is Todd Perry. With me is the great Allison Rosen. Hello. Why is it time for... it, Todd. Why is it time for celebration today, Allison? Because you're here. I'm here. They're here. It's not just any old episode, is it? It's not just any old Saturday, is it? No, no. It's our anniversary. Oh my God! It. I. I mean, there have been many days where I thought, I don't think we're gonna make it. I don't think I can stand one more week with this guy who has opinions that are so wrong. Mm. And yet here we are. We made it. It's been a whole year. There's been ups. There's been downs, there's been trials, there's been tribulations. We never talked about it on the show, but there was even a point where the spouse of a very prominent United States politician had a problem with our show and slid into my DMs. That's right. We thought, we hoped, even though it was going to be tense, we hoped, more than hoped, it seemed like we were maybe going to get this person on the show, right? There was discussion about getting this person on the show, or was that just a discussion between you and me? Uh, no, that was a discussion between me and said person, and it didn't happen, sadly. It evaporated, which was a bummer. That was a, that was a high, an early high, when it seemed that we were going to be... I mean, a prominent politician who took issue with something we said about said politician's spouse. I, now I can't remember the details. But anyway, that didn't happen. But it turned out we didn't need it because we took on the feline community accidentally. Mm-hmm. You know how many people are so went out of their way to push back against our saying that caps, cats don't do anything upworthy that but the problem was there was only one video out there, and so everybody sent me the right. same video. That's all I'm saying. Listen, I but and I also want to clarify that in case someone has tuned in, in case someone's first episode is our anniversary episode, in which case, could I mean, what a boon! You have a whole year of episodes to catch up on. Wonderful, welcome. Our thing is not just picking fights with people far from it it's just occasionally we court controversy accidentally because we're in the good news business and when you're in the good news business occasionally you step in it and also todd is wrong about christmas music Mm. and wrong about the mariah carey song and wrong about vegetables Mm. and a lot of people think he's wrong about dave grohl he's Mm. just he's wrong but and he's also wrong about the cause of anne hathaway's clicking sounds when and she the other thing makes I wanted inspirational to quickly say speeches. Is that He's wrong about a lot opinion, of things. The language of hatred begins with the self. <laughs> and the other thing I wanted to quickly say is that in my opinion... Sorry. Todd thought that her mouth was wet and she needed to gargle sand and I said, no, no. She needs to drink water. 
and the lion's share of responses we got from the listeners agreed with me. Mm. She's dry. Actually, we just got one word responses saying dry. Yeah, that was, I think, the greatest listener mail I've ever got. The subject line just said dry. And then when I opened up the email, it was just like dash, dash, dash. It was it. Blank. <laughs> I know. I know. And the best was you posted it. And then one of our very devoted listeners was like, I didn't find the episode dry. <laughs> And it's like, no, this is not. I mean, I love that you think that this is like a review of the episode, <laughs> but it's a review of Anne Hathaway's. And the other thing sound. I wanted to quickly say is that in anyway, my opinion, we did it talk. <laughs> oh, the no. language of hatred begins with the self. Thank you for allowing me to go there. Um, I felt it was important to bring. We must stop. I'm sorry. I was recording a topper for an episode of Alice from Rose's Your New Best Friend. And I had to record it like three times because I started, I was hyper-focused on it, uh, like you with the cat videos. And I was like, am I hearing my own mouth sounds? I've been doing this for so long and I've never really heard them before. But suddenly I'm concerned that I'm hearing my own mouth sounds and now I can't release this. So thank you, Anne Hathaway, for that. Here's an interesting question. I know we're, we're going to get into our stories uh, for the week. We normally yes. have stories. And then, then then we have a treat at the back end of the show where we've Ooh. got a little little thing I threw together. Um, Allison, I know you do two other shows, but... I do. Has Have the other shows gone a year like this one? Well, yes, and then some. But it feels more special that this one's gone a year for mm. many reasons. And I am going to let you know what those reasons are next year. When we hit our two-year anniversary, I'm going to let you know why it was so special that this one made it to one year. That feels like a wonderful goal. Why rush it? Why rush into it? Fine, fine. Save save some for for down the road. Don't don't blow it all early. <laughs> That's right. I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to burn through it all right away. You know, and I I'd, I'd like to say a, a couple things real quick. Uh, we wouldn't have gone a year had it not been for the wonderful support of Naomi at Upworthy, who the has best. given the show full support, which we love. Uh, Lucia who gave us resources to help promote the show. Uh, the people on our socials team who are just incredible, uh, Xenia and Noemi. Uh, so if ever you see like a cute graphic on Instagram or whatever, that's, that's all them. They do great work. Our editor-in-chief, Eric, who said, Todd, I'll let you not work on Friday in order to do the show. And uh, our wonderful writers, Annie, Heather, and Jacelyn at Upworthy that have helped us uh, have something to talk about on the show. Yes. And also Gio, who put us together, and Joseph R. Upworthy, who gave the big stamp of approval. I also want to thank Up. I do not, I, I'm not, an, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a staff writer like Todd. So I only hear about the Upworthy goings on, you know, in sort of a like via Todd kind of way. But from where I sit, Thank you to Upworthy. It's been so wonderful to be kind of um, connected, loosely connected to Upworthy. It's, you guys have been so great to us. Thank you. Upworthy Weekly.
Uh, a woman has rented out her handy husband for $45 an hour, and business is booming. And you know why, Todd? Because TaskRabbit and those various, uh, this is my theory, but TaskRabbit and Thumbtack and those various other services, which are like excellent ideas, end up being way more than $45 an hour. But anyway, a woman named Laura Young was listening to a podcast about a man who makes a living putting together ready-to-assemble furniture, and she got an idea. Her husband is super-duper handy around the house, in the garden, and she thought, I know, I'm going to rent him out for... So this is in England. So it was for 40 pounds an hour, which you and I have had extensive conversations Mm. about what that turns out to be. And I... Given that it is our anniversary, I am forced to admit you are right. I get. I guess that turns out to be about forty-five dollars an hour. So yeah. she made a Facebook post, uh, renting him out for forty-five an hour, and this just took off like crazy. Uh, and all of a sudden, his schedule is filled up with jobs around the clock. He was able to drop his regular job in a warehouse. Uh, it gave him a ton of flexibility, which helped the couple to have more time to take care of their three kids, two of whom are autistic. Um, The father has also been diagnosed with autism. Uh, She named the business Rent My Handy Husband. And the way they do it is she is in charge of social branding, all that kind of stuff. He handles the manual labor. And um, I just want to take a moment and aside to talk about how much I love the names of the towns that he's available to work in. I know you spent some time in London. I'm wondering if you're familiar with these towns. Uh, So there's this one, this one name of one town that I'm particularly in love with. Uh, so he's available to work in Milton Keynes and Leighton Buzzard, uh, and surrounding areas of Northwest London, but Leighton Buzzard. It sounds like a great uh, pub. It's like a a actress on Gossip Girl. (laughs) Yes. Leighton Buzzard. And I'm probably saying it wrong. It's probably like Lifeton Buzzard or something or Leighton Buzzard. I don't know, but I just love it. Leighton Buzzard. Anyway, I think this is, uh, it's such a, a sweet, nice story. And Laura Young, you jack up your prices. That's my advice to them. Or maybe add some like service fees. Oh, oh. And I, 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 I neglected to mention. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, like Ticketmaster. I forgot to mention they offer a deal uh, for people who are 65 or older or people uh in the NHS, NHS, which is their national healthcare service. So, I mean, like what a couple of wonderful people. So yeah, it's uh, it's very inspiring. I mean, for all of our listeners that are, that live in lightning buzzard, if that's what it was called. <laughs> Leighton, Leighton, in Leighton Meester buzzard. Our one listener out there, you can, you can rent this handy <laughs> husband. Uh, I, w- yeah. I was looking at this and then I thought like, what, what could I rent my spouse out to do? And I thought, whoa, oh. my wife, Sarah, like if I was to, you know, turn her into a real earner, like get her out there. Mm-hmm. I was thinking she could do like a like a, a Caesar Milan type of thing, but with husbands instead of dogs. Oh, like whip my husband into shape. Yeah. Like how to train my husband, how to take your wild husband who like pulls on a walk and <laughs> chews up everything in the home. Uh, you know, just goes to the bathroom in the wrong places. Uh, she could sit and teach how to turn them into some wild, you know, thing that just came out of the shelter into a calm and submissive dog. And also, oh, she, she could train she could domestic. So she could she can break the spirit of a husband. Yes. Now, Daniel would say that I could do that too. Oh, well, don't compete. But maybe you know. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Maybe, she, maybe she's better at it than I am, though. Yeah. Yes, carry on. She, yeah, she could turn teach women or men married to men uh, into strong pack leaders, and mm-hmm. create calm, submissive husbands. So I, I think that she would be great for that. Uh, I was like, if my wife rented me out, uh, I was trying to think of like yeah. what I could do. It's like um, write something. Uh, and then I thought, so like what you already do. Yeah. But then I thought, actually, I do have one specific skill, kind of like, you know, like Liam Neeson, I have a specific set of skills. Uh, and, <laughs> and that is rapping bust a move at people's weddings. Oh, I don't know that you would be able to quit your job at the warehouse with that. But I mean, do we get to hear it? If you're going to bring it up, I feel like we should. Well, it's kind of like I did it at one wedding. And then there was like another wedding with the same group of friends. And then like Todd, Todd, and you know, drunken me would have no interest in being a ham. And oh, all right, all right, okay, okay, you got me, you know. And then I, you know, loosen the tie a bit. And then, hey, how's it going? I do some shout outs. And then, you know, this here's a tale for all the fellas. Try to do what those ladies tell us. Get shot down because you're over jealous. Play hard to get females, get jealous. Jealous, jealous. Um, it's been a while. But then this kept happening. And then it happened at my wedding where I rapped Bust a Move. And it's just been going on and on and on uh, for for like two decades now. So I can, you know, as some kind of entertainment, you can add, maybe I'll officiate, officiate the wedding and then I'll rap. Um, you know. I love it. I, my thing used to be I would like, and this is in air quotes, ironically do the Roger Rabbit at a wedding or like, I'm not, I don't like to dance, but I know a few super cheesy dances. So I would like bust them out at a wedding, but in a silly way. And then I realized if you're the person who does silly dances at a wedding, no one realizes you're, I don't know what am I doing? Like I'm, I'm doing a send up of someone who's doing a dance at a wedding. Like, no, the air quotes around the dance you're doing, no one gets that. You're just doing a dance at a wedding. Um, it was a real dark moment of the soul when I realized this. Well, maybe if you did it while the Roger Rabbit was popular, then <laughs> it would yeah, then it would be like a send up. But now you're sending yeah, up someone no. who doesn't exist and let it lets it's actually the cartoon character. I know, I know. Um, so I didn't realize that this was a moment for us to mock our spouses. So I was oh. thinking of things that like Daniel is actually good at because he does something with numbers on a spreadsheet. <clears throat> I don't really know what it is, but I get the sense he's really good at it. So I could like rent him out to do Excel, um, oh. <clears throat> which is, oh, <laughs> oh, sexy. Um, and then he also, he's surprisingly good at just making anything whole cloth from scratch like I don't know if you've seen the sconces we have this nook in our like dining room that is kind of a recreation of the haunted mansion which is just insane because I hate scary things but it's a whole thing with my kids and so there was these there were these haunted mansion style sconces that he made from scratch he sculpted he can sculpt it's he's very artistic um 
and he sculpted them and then mold like made molds he's but he's been sculpting and molding for years now and like made molds and then I mean you look at them and you'll you like oh you must have purchased them but no he made them entirely from like he sculpted out of Sculpey and he's been like he can sculpt and he, he sculpts like incredible little figurines and things it's very so that that would have to be more than $45 an hour though so if someone needs a figurine made or something um but then also if someone needs to hire someone to snore in their ear uh. He'd be good at that for an extra, uh, a little add-on. You could have my dog snoring in your ear too. They both snore together. Um, and then you could rent me out for interviewing. And if Daniel were here, he would say I would be available for just generalized nagging mm. and reminding you of things you need to do as soon as you're trying to relax and then asking you to do something as soon as you've sat down. <laughs> Just general wife stuff. You know, I I like the idea of renting out the snoring husband. Like, you, you'd have like a business like sleep with my husband, but it's not what you think, right? Yes, Todd. Upworthy, Upworthy Weekly. Weekly. Yes. <laughs> All hail Todd Perry, the king of good news. God save the king. No matter how many times I hear it, it's still as upsetting. You know what, Allison? I think you're just jealous. I think you want an intro. And actually, I have an intro cooked up that we're probably going to hear next <gasps> week. What? I mean, huh. Stay cool, Allison. Okay, cool. He maybe maybe I'll be interested in hearing it. Headline. What's wrong with aging? Here are 17 pleasures people only started to enjoy when they got older. So I guess we could call this good news. I write, wrote a piece this week, which I thought was affirmational. And then it, it told people, look, it's okay to get older. You know, it, you don't need to, you know, do the Botox and sit-ups and do all the stuff to look young, okay? You could just be yourself, age gracefully, and enjoy the new pleasures that come with life. Because, as I say in the article, as people age, they also start to enjoy things that they previously didn't like or hadn't experienced. Older people are better at slowing down, being president. President? Older people are actually really good at being president right now. <laughs> they are. I never enjoyed being president until I was uh, until I turned 35. Now imagine if you were 79. It, yeah. <laughs> no. Once I turned 82, I really, really relished being president. Yeah. Go ahead. As people age, they develop a refined sense for food, drinks, and the arts. Older people also have less tolerance for other people's baggage and appreciate healthy relationships. So I'm saying here, let's look up to the elderly. And I got a list here of the 17 best answers to the question, what did you start liking when you got older? Now, I'm not going to go over all those, but there were a couple different things that people kind of were into. Uh, one is... Sitting outside and doing nothing. Hmm. As a kid, I always wonder why adults would do that. 
And now the guy gets it. Sometimes it's cool just to sit and do nothing. Sometimes I, I do that myself and I have my sitting window. <laughs> where I'll just kind of marvel at the world go by. There's a very nice tree outside of here. So sometimes it's kind of nice. I'll just sit, look at the tree and go, that's a beautiful tree. I should really appreciate this tree, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody else said mustard. What a great condiment. I mean, no argument from me. Yeah. Uh, another said vinegar. I absolutely hated pickles, olives, and vinegar chips as a kid. And now I'm the extra pickles and banana peppers phase. So some people are becoming like old men at the deli as they get older. And they're all about it because they need their vinegar and mustard fix. Um, a little bit of reality here. Compound interest. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to need someone to break that down for me a little bit. Well... I mean, you know, why do you appreciate that as you get older? Well, because it works so much harder for you. You know, when you're when you're 30 and you've been working at a, a real, quote real job for six years or something, you, you don't notice the joy of compound interest in like a 401k. But when you're 50 oh. and the money you put in there at 20 is now like eight times more, and you're I see, and you live in boomer style where you've got multiple houses and yelling about millennials, uh, right. You're feeling good about that. Got it. Got it. Okay. Here's an interesting one. I want to get your take on this. It says, I began falling for large women became because they became so much more attractive to me. And my point is, people's tastes and what they find attractive change over time, right? Yeah. Like, do, you think, do you think that's true? That your tastes change? Well, I mean, you would hope you would hope they would because otherwise you would con- like I always I always marvel at the fact that pretty much you continue to a degree to find people your age attractive as you get older. Now, with some variation, but like when you're a kid, you find your classmates attractive and you hopefully do not continue to find people you know, young people that much younger attractive. And like when you're little, you know, I mean, when you're young, you don't find people a lot older attractive. Like, you know, but you know, when you're in your 60s, you find felt, you know, people in their 60s, you know, you get, I'm I'm making a really, I'm being really inarticulate about the point Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make. So, but in that way, yes, it does keep changing. So yeah, that does keep changing. Although I don't know that like, um, all of a sudden the the body type changes but for this person it did and uh, it does sound like they kind of want a medal for it though and i don't know how i feel about that oh uh, i've kind of noticed what i find attractive like when i was younger wasn't really into the redheads nowadays see redhead mm-hmm. like, cat captures my attention there's something about it um so you know redheads out there slide into my dms <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. But your is your wife a little bit red haired or is she just straight up blonde? I she's kind of blonde and brown a bit, depending on you know. Okay. When was the last time she saw her girl? You know. Right. So wait, what's what's behind the the red haired thing? Is there like a exi- like do you, are you like um oh Nicole Kidman circa Days of Thunder? Is there like a Example of a redhead that really caught your eye? Uh, 
Jessica Rabbit. Who are we talking? Right. Yes. Yeah. That that would be that would be okay. it. that was interesting. When I was watching Roger Rabbit the other day. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to Jenny th- Lewis. Oh, that well, would really be cheating on your wife. That would be cheating. Well, I did tell the story about tell you the story about how I tried when I met her once. Every chance of flirting that I had in my body, and I just completely fell flat with Jenny Lewis. I um, know. I don't think I know that story. I yes, I when I when I was much younger, I was playing in a band, and we played on a, on a bill. And I was sitting outside with Jenny Lewis and talking to her, and she was having a cigarette. And I just, I was like, okay, what's the most charming thing I can do right now while she's getting through this camel light? Like, how, how much, you know? And she was kind to me. I'll say that didn't, she was kind, but not didn't not, happen. Didn't work. Didn't, didn't happen. Were you, were you playing with Rilo Kiley, uh-huh. her then band? Uh huh. Oh, how cool! I don't think I knew this. Maybe yeah. I did. Pretty. That's so cool, though. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, I was thinking of some. Okay, fine. I'll just say Bella Thorne. Okay, Bella Thorne's pretty cute. Okay, she's redhead, and uh, Bella Thorne. I don't even think I know who that is. Do I? Bella Thorne. Very redheady, like aggressively redheady actress. She's in a lot of like, like kind of horror movies and stuff. Kind of stuff you probably wouldn't watch. But I always see her, and I'm like, oh, she's. I was thinking. For a second, I was like, wait, is that? And then I was thinking, Thora Birch. But they have a similar name, but it's not the same person. I'm going to have to look her up. Got it. But not right now. I'll look her up later. Let's see here. Uh, 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 I was talking to a buddy, and this one was shocking to me when he actually admitted it. And I thought, I'd never want to be that old. And the guy goes, mm. uh, you know what I like doing? And I was like, what? And he's my age, like 45. And he goes, I like watching the Weather Channel. <laughs> and I was like, I was like. Dude, that is, you got to be at least like 65 and like Ancient Aliens isn't on. And so you turn that on. Like who actually enjoys watching the Weather Channel? I was like, Weather Channel is weird because it's not like it's local. So am I going to sit and watch weather that's happening in like Minneapolis or something? The guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So two things. I just looked up Bella Thorne. (laughs) Oh, no. I, I don't think she, is she a natural? She's not a natural redhead, though, is she? I, I don't think that's that colors in God's hair palette. No, no, she she almost has like a Lindsay Lowen thing going on a tiny bit, maybe. Oh. Um, I don't know, maybe not though. I only saw one picture of her on Wikipedia. But anyway, uh, okay. When I lived in New York, <clears throat> I would just park my television on, and I was younger then, on the Weather Channel. And there was something soothing about just keeping it on the Weather Channel all the time. But that might be different than what your friend does. It sounds like your friend actually actively watches it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I just, it was like my television screensaver, kind of. I just had it on in the background always. I don't know why. Um, yeah, that does feel like an old person thing. Yeah, I could never. But they they do have some crazy graphics on the Weather Channel, though. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I was trying to think, I was trying to think what have I liked? since I got older and I was like, I kind of like cooking now. And, and then I thought mm-hmm. the pole reversal in party time. So when you're older, <laughs> when you're older, it's I'll, I'll, I'll see you at the bar at 11 o'clock at night. Right. It's mm-hmm. you, you, you party late at night and then something happens and it happens overnight where it's like, you know, when the, the earth's magnetic poles flip and like the whole planet just goes yeah. on it, the axis tilts this, I became morning party guy. 
Oh, you know, you like when you and your son walked across the crosswalk at 9 a.m. in Las Vegas with cups of alcohol, except that's not what he was carrying, but it's what it looked like. Yes. And um, <laughs> but but no, but more like 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 brunch. Right. People have some champagne oh, at I brunch. See. They take a nap. You know, they go to bed at nine o'clock at night and they have a good time. Mm-hmm. They, they, day drinking versus night drinking, I think, has been yes. something that I've enjoyed <clears throat> as I've gotten older. It wasn't into younger, you know. Um, could <laughs> daytime and nighttime drinking? Who knows? Maybe that's doable. I don't know, but uh, I'll try it. But so, is there anything, any like old people stuff that that, that you're into now? I know you're really into the sleeping, uh, and oh my god, I love sleeping. That's also like a teenager thing, though. Um, I love, and uh, this is not a Garfunkel and art. <laughs> I mean, and oh, oh my god. What is their name? Uh, Simon and Garfunkel? Yes. Garfunkel and Art. I, I, you know, you know that band Garfunkel and Oates? Yes. Ricky Lindholm and Kate Micucci. First all all my brain was saying was Garfunkel and and then I'm like, if that's not their name, and then I couldn't work backwards. This is not a reference to them. But I really and especially after my kids and their iPads, I really enjoy the sound of silence sometimes. Oh. I really just enjoy just nothing, just nothingness, just calm, silence, and quiet. That feels very old. Um, What's the deepest silence you've ever felt? Are you recruiting me into a cult right now? That's all. I'm just just checking. Just... Okay. Thank you. Um, I like a heat pad. I love a heat pad. <laughs> like <laughs> I love a heat pad. I travel with a heat pad. Like okay, like I'm thinking like old people like hot water bottle heat or like a, a plug in. No, no, not old people hot water heat. Although I have thought to myself, am I missing out by not getting one of those? Going old school, like what kind of situation would that be? But no, I have just an electric heat pad with the little like thing that you can you know dial up the heat. Um, and what are you uh, where, what are you I heating? Two... Do you put it like on your stomach? Are you putting it on your side? Is it your yeah. neck? I no. I mean occasionally I move it around, but pretty much I put it on my midsection when I get in bed and and but I also have an electric blanket. So it's two situ it's two I mean, I just like I just like to have a lot of warmth on my body when I get in bed. And then it is just like today I was under there for a little a little bit and I was thinking like this is, it almost feels glutton. Gluttonous is the wrong, it feels super indulgent. Like I feel, this is like my version of a massage. Not that a massage is indulgent for anyone out there who, who's getting that, but like it really is just like a physical soothing comfort. Cause I'm just under there and I'm just like, oh. I could imagine if someone enjoyed being buried in the sand with the sun beating down on them, if that weren't clammy and kind of icky. Um, I just find it very soothing. Do you? So yeah. Do you get one um, of those big, yes. thick, trashy romance novels, like a good bodice <laughs> ripper, 
and and, <laughs> and then do that. Right. No. Um, but oftentimes I will have a book next to me, but then I don't actually read it because I don't want to take my hands out from under the comforter because then my hands will get cold. Although oftentimes, despite saying that I do have one arm out and my phone. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I do read my phone under there. The look of judgment on your face. My gosh. And then sometimes I'll fall asleep like this. Oftentimes I'll fall asleep like this and I'll wake up just covered in sweat. I mean, like sweating from parts of my body that I didn't even know could make sweat. So it's 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 an imperfect system. It really should be a like daytime soothing thing, not a a falling asleep cooking myself kind of thing. (laughs) It's yeah, I need to I need to troubleshoot it a little more. I feel like old people just pass gas whenever, too. <laughs> Have you noticed? I did the other day. I was... Oh, you did? Yes. I was I was playing golf with my friends, and I would play, like, night golf, and mm-hmm. I, I, I putted, and then I tooted, and, and, oh. I, and, the, and the ball went in the hole, and then you got, you got to bend over <laughs> to grab the ball, <laughs> and there's some kind of, like, reaction where... The bending over, open things up, or whatever. Mm, released. Yeah. yeah, and I just nope, you know, and <laughs> and my my friends were were just ripping on me like I, after I ripped one, but it was it was a total mm. old man thing. Like no no thirty year old would have done that, you know. It was really <laughs> right. It was a really low moment. Now I got to think every time I, I go to pick up my ball out of the hole and I bend over, I got to yeah, like... got to clench. I got to clench a little, yeah. <laughs> you were comfortable and relaxed. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Upworthy Weekly. So a mother whose three daughters are CEOs and a doctor shares her one unpopular parenting rule. So Esther Wuchitsky, she's an educator, journalist, and best-selling author of the book How to Raise Successful People, has raised three daughters, and it's crazy how successful all these Wuchitskys are. Um, Two of her daughters are CEOs, and the other one is a doctor. Uh, One of her daughters is Susan Wuchitsky. She's the CEO of YouTube. Another daughter is Anne Wuchitsky. She's the co-founder and CEO of 23andMe. And then her other daughter is Dr. Janet Wuchitsky. She's an anthropologist and epidemiologist who works on HIV progression and obesity risk in children. So in her book, Esther Wuchitsky says, the secret to success is the result of trick. T-R-I-C-K. Trust, respect, respect, independence, collaboration, and kindness. Uh, So in a new article she wrote for NBC Chicago, she says, and here's the part that is uh, unpopular or controversial, don't do anything for your kids that they can do for themselves. Uh, She goes on, parents need to stop coddling their kids. The more you trust your children to do things on their own, the more empowered they'll be. The key is to begin with guided practice. It's the I do, we do, you do method. So that's like a thing that teachers often put into practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says that parents can start with their children by asking them to make their beds, pick their own outfits, and to help with dishes and making dinner. Quote, the idea is to teach them how to cope with what life throws at them. One of the most important lessons I taught my daughters is that the only thing you can control is how you react to things. When you trust kids to make their own decisions, they start to feel more engaged, confident, and empowered. And once that happens, there's no limit to what they can achieve. 
So I don't know. What do you think? Like, obviously, this all sounds quite sensible. That being said, uh, just the soundbite of uh, the, you know, the key is never do anything for your kids that they can do for themselves. Caught a little ire, a little pushback. I don't see why anybody would have a problem with that. I, I like it. I, th- I think that's a, a good thing to raise independent kids. I think, I don't know, I was raised a Gen X kid where it was just like, you know, kind of feral. you know. And I think that was yeah. that was a good thing because it made me an independent person. And I, if I don't know how to do something, I try to figure out how to do it. And and I think that works. I I think the thing is, I think there's a natural pushback because that can be a more difficult and frustrating way to go through life. Like, pour a hemplo. Sorry, that was annoying use of Spanish. I didn't know you speak Spanish. See, si. That's fine. No, I was almost like, I almost felt like the guy who just, <laughs> nada. yeah, the guy who just bought a boat on SNL, like, poor ejemplo, amigo. <laughs> you know, anyway, sorry. So I, uh, like my kid in the morning, he got ready for school, got all his clothes on, and then he left his clothes like on the couch. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I could tell him to go do that. Or I'll just pick it up. And I know that's a bad thing for me to just pick it up. I should tell him, hey, you dropped your stuff. Go go do it, you know. Um, but then on the back end, the kid being more independent means you don't have to sit and pick up around them, whatever. So I think it's a good thing. But I think that it involves a lot more parenting because you're constantly teaching them how to do stuff. Um, yeah. So you have to teach them. Like, like today, like I got my kid an ice cream and then I opened the wrapper and I gave it to him like, He's six. He could probably open the wrapper. That means I'm going to take five minutes out of my day and teach him how to do the wrapper. So the helicopter way of doing things actually in a weird way is kind of lazier than being the other type of parent mm-hmm. that is methodically teaching them everything to do. But in the end, the benefit is, you know, you give that man a fish. He'll eat for a day. Te- teach that. We won't get fooled again. No. Uh, teach that man to fish. <laughs> yeah. It takes more patience, especially when they're little. It takes so much more patience to have them do it themselves. Like Owen, who's three and a half, he could probably put on his shoes himself. I still help Elliot get his shoes on, and he's five and a half, and he could for sure do his shoes himself. I still help him do the basics of getting dressed, um, and he can for sure do that himself. So it's just that it's like in the morning, he's tired, we're in a rush, all of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. You know, and life's going to be hard when they're both living in the basement playing video games at 35. <laughs> and, uh, I know. Upworthy Weekly. Jimmy Fallon asked people to share their, quote, funny mistakes, and the answers were hilarious. Uh, Jimmy Fallon recently asked folks to share a, quote, funny or silly mistake along with the hashtag, if I could turn back time. Uh, Because they say that uh, that is the daylight savings time is the greatest mistake in human history. And I don't understand, Mm. like, throughout all my life, no one really cared about daylight savings. And I feel the last couple, like, people are really coming hard for it right now. People really, Mm -hmm. it's like... It's like people are more mad about that than like any other <laughs> political thing out there. Like, it's yeah. What I mean, what is it? I would say like, how about you know, the atomic bomb might be a bigger mistake, or 
Mm. There's things that are bigger, you know. Yeah, I'd say. But people, do you know why people are so mad about daylight savings time? I have no idea. Just because they have to wake up. Early? Well, I mean, I think in yeah, but they don't want to lose an hour. They just don't want to. But or is wait is that the direction they don't they they don't want to lose an hour or they don't want it to get dark early. The, or they just don't want to to have to cha- they just don't want the change they just want it to stay one way i think people don't want the change but you know allison you know t- <laughs> time is really just a it's just a kinda, construct yeah it's, it's, it's not a real thing man. like sun and stuff going on that's that's a, <laughs> uh and so anyway he asked people their biggest mistakes and there are some funny ones and a guy said, uh, I'm a middle school teacher, and I was teaching the book Al Capone Does My Shirts, and I had the title <laughs> written in a presentation, unfortunately left out the R in shirts, and had written Al Capone Does My, instead of shirts, <laughs> and uh, said they never had a class laugh so hard. Uh, somebody said that they checked the label on the sunblock they borrowed from a cross-country teammate. And they rubbed it all over their face, but it found out, but it was actually muscle relaxer cream. And so then they were drooling halfway through the race, like they had had a stroke. And uh, that is sad and hilarious. Uh, another, this is funny. Said I did PA announcing in college, and for an ad read, instead of reading the line "best breakfast," I said "breast breakfast" in front of hundreds of people. <laughs> Uh, the worst part was hearing the echo in the speakers uh, a few seconds later. So, Allison, what's the worst mistake you've ever made? Oh, God. Like, it's just a bonehead thing you've done. I mean, it's not, like, it wasn't disastrous, but I've been using Zoom for the entire pandemic it should be roughly the same every time, but I have forgot. There's been little things here and there that I've forgotten. So I've forgotten to make sure that the guest is wearing headphones on their end of it. So it makes for a ton of extra work for my editor. Um, little things like that where I'm just like, oh my God, how did I forget to do that? Especially when it's like we, you know, Tony and I get frustrated with other people that forget to do the, that mess up these things. And so it's like that thing where you hold yourself to a different state, not hold yourself to a different standard. You think that you're above the, these mistakes. And then you just make these like very boneheaded mistakes. Um, one time, and I talked about this on the show, this was, I don't know if it was a Freudian. I don't know what this was. It was the weirdest thing. Um, I was distracted and I was reading a story. You know when you're reading stories to your kids and sometimes you can be very in the moment and you're paying attention to the story and other times your mind is elsewhere and you're just saying the words but you you have no idea what's going on in the story. You're like in a yeah. fugue state. So um, I was reading, it's like Little Bear, I don't know what. It's about a mama bear and a baby bear and they get like trapped in a storm or something there's a big wind and it the line was like and there was a really big wind and I said and there was a really big word for male member came out of my mouth oh it was yeah I don't I was not even aware that I was thinking that it was 
And Daniel was in the room too. <laughs> he was like, huh? and I was reading. Elliot was like four, and I and I'm like, and there was a really big. And then I went, oh my god, <laughs> and like, because I was just thinking that Daniel was probably. I was worried that Daniel was thinking like, what are you thinking about? Like what it it was, I was so, I wanted to die. No one, it was not a big deal at all. Like Elliot, I was worried that Elliot was then going to laugh and say it over and over again. He like, no one really seemed to, to notice, but I was so deeply uncomfortable. It was just, I felt so betrayed by my own, mouth and brain like because i wasn't like i said i wasn't aware that i was even thinking that right it was the weirdest thing i think that's probably my that was my biggest like what and if that could happen what's to stop that from happening like on mic or in a crowd or like what was that oh. that was weird what about you well that that's when it becomes that moment where you're at a cross you're stopped at a stop sign and people are crossing the street and you're like Brain, yeah. brain, don't, don't, don't run them over. Don't run, don't take your foot off the brake. Oh, oh, oh my God, I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Now, now I might do it, you know. Yeah. And then you lose your. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. Don't suddenly pull into traffic, Todd. <laughs> I <Right>. um, <laughs> I've done this twice. I was getting gas, and I left the nozzle after filling my car up with gas, mm. and I just drove off. And at first, you get just tug on the car, and then you snap the thing off. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time it happened, I got out of my car to see what the heck happened. And it was, it was, I was like a teenager. I was like driving my mom's 83 Mustang. Terrible year <laughs> for that car. And I look, and I was like, oh, no. What, what do I do? You know. And this guy ran up to me. Mm-hmm. This guy's a true moral hero. He goes, Go! Go drive away. They'll never catch you. <laughs> and it was like, oh, your savior. I know. Go just run away from your troubles. You know. So I actually I walked in, and the guy at the gas station goes, "Well, if we can't fix it, you got to pay fifty bucks to do whatever." And then he was able to fix it. So, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. like three years later, did the same thing. Space Cadet Perry ripped the thing off. Um, real quick, speaking about the spelling mistake. You know, writing for Upworthy, you write 1,300, 1,200, you know, words a day. You're going to mess up from time to time. The worst typo I had, it was, I was using the, the phrase country girl. And I forgot <laughs> the O in country. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, it went out. And uh, uh-huh. I got talked People to. People noticed? I got talked to. Oh, 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 no. oh my God. I did not do that on purpose. Upworthy Weekly. Was it okay? Oops. So now, now is normally the time when Alice and I rate our weeks. But we're not going to do that this week. This week, we've got something different. Uh, just something to remind everybody about what the heck went on this whole year. I have a bunch of clips that are like quick hits of like little jokes or little funny asides that have been on the show. Um, I made them for our social media team, and they were putting it on the up, uh, Instagram stories. And I found I had a whole bunch of these. And I said, hey, it'd be kind of fun uh, to just go through and, and listen to some of this fun stuff that we've done. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys it. Maybe goes, oh, I remember that show. Or if you're new to the show, here's what we've done. So... 
Uh, I'm going to do that. It's going to be our outro today. And I'd like to thank Allison Rosen for A, putting up with my my butt today <laughs> because some reason, you know, you're talking about with the audio a second ago. For some reason, just the internet just didn't want to work in my studio. So uh, the audio is going to be a little different for everybody on today's show because I'm in my office, which has a weird ceiling. So apologies for that, but at least we got the show done. Uh, thank you, Allison, for a year of putting up with me, but especially today when I was specifically difficult. <laughs> well, uh, you're welcome. No worries at all. But thank you to you for uh, br- being my co-host and for bringing me on to this super fun project. It's been, I can't believe it's been a year. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, even though I like to give you a lot of crap, I really do love doing this show with you. And I look forward to many more years. Same here. And now, let's roll the clips. Guy Fieri. Ooh. Kristen Stewart was on Howard Stern the other day, and she was saying that she might want him to officiate her wedding. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. And I'm sure maybe maybe cater it too, you know? She can get married in Flavortown. Okay. Um, <laughs> Is that what it says on the wedding take... certificate? <laughs> right. It's just kind of like my... Ceremony will take place at uh, 1,400 hours in Flavortown. I never put things that don't belong there in my bra. I don't put money in my bra. I don't put my phone in my bra. I don't put change in my bra. I don't, I don't have like a coffee punch card in my bra. <laughs> I don't have a I, pen in there. I once knew this gal that I work with. One day I was going up to the, like the employee break room or whatever, and she, she wanted to get a bag of chips. And then she reached into her bra and she pulled out some money. She point, pointed to one breast and she said, checking. And the other breast and said savings. <laughs> That's hilarious. There's no yeah. no cursing on this show. Which has not been easy, by the way. Really? You're having a hard time with it. <sighs> Bad words just like fall out of my <laughs> mouth. And so I've been conscious of trying to keep them in my mouth. So I have a ma- by the end I have a mouthful of bad words that I haven't been able to use, and then I just have to like let them all out in one blast. You're just old Bumble Clark. Yeah. Did you say Bum? Oh, Bumble Clark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, Bumble Clark. Homosexuality is common practice in the animal kingdom and has been observed in over 1,500 animal species, from primates to sea stars, bats to damn selfies. What are damn selfies? Snakes to nematode worms. Hmm. I mean, I could see the starfish being gay. Oh, no, sorry. Oops, it's not damn selfies. That just shows that I spend too much time taking selfies. It's damselflies. (laughs) (laughs) But you go, gay damselflies. I didn't want to get a dog, but it only took one day for me to fall in love with him. We were getting ready to go to work, and the dog picked up my underwear off the floor and put it in his crate and slept with my underwear. Oh. If there's anything that's love, it's that. At first, on some level, I was like, you know, maybe this is just narcissism because I'm like, this thing will sleep with my underwear. I might as well love it back, you know. But... <laughs> It wasn't that. It was about something more. It was about like, you know, I would have I would have slept with his underwear too, you know. Yes. 
people good at flirting? What are some social cues us oblivious people should watch out for? I've noticed that women will do a little adjustment to you, like brushing a little piece of lint off your lapel or moving a stray hair off your face when talking to you. If I'm doing that to someone, I'm definitely like, I definitely am open to having some kind of relationship with them because that's such an intimate gesture to like, to, to touch someone like that. Yeah. And even though like, if you, if you picked a tissue out of your uh, pocket and then like licked it and it started like <laughs> taking a smudge off their cheek right. or something. This is actually one of the most popular stories Upworthy has ever done. Did a story about a couple that's living in their 50s and they live permanently on a cruise ship. So I, I made a list of pros and cons to living out my life with my wife on multiple cruise ships. Let's hear it. Pro was all you can eat forever. Mm. And then actually the worst thing I found of, of the cons was icebergs. <laughs> yes. Right. I always told my wife, I said, you know, I wasn't really that interested in having children. Like it was kind of just whatever. But I always told her, I said, I just want to be a grandpa. You know, and <laughs> but have you started planting the seeds with your son that like he needs to reproduce soon so that you'll still be around? Because we are also older parents. Mm. If my kids wait to have kids till they're older, too, I don't know if it's going to happen for for my husband and me, this grandparent thing. Well, I bought him a book and it's called I Don't Care If It Happens Out of Wedlock. <laughs> and it's a little it's a nice little little book and it just tells about there's many different types of families i need to get that for my kids if i was doing a husband and training course i would say to my kids when you're married if there's ever a pandemic where you're working together in the same room separately don't all of a sudden go <gasps> or like oh no and then when your wife says, what? Be silent for an extended period of time, leaving her to wonder, did someone die? Did you just get fired? What just happened? And then when she asks again, what happened? Go, oh, nothing. I'm going to give you a heart attack. I know. You're in a bookstore in Santa Monica. You walked into the store and you have a tote bag with a picture of Gandhi on it. So now, you, you have to concentrate on this phrase, this old Zen proverb, and that is, quote, let go or be dragged. Let go or be dragged. Why am I hanging onto the back of this truck anyway? Gong sound effect that brings you out of it. Oh, yes. The way that I've noticed that I have started becoming my mom is like on Christmas morning, as perfectly fine bows went in the trash, I was oh. like, we could probably get another year out of those. But as a uh, 45-year-old man, it's kind of like thriller, where I know the change is happening, but I'm fighting it. Like, mm. it manifests yes. like, yeah, a little bit of your hair. <laughs> Gotta get rid of that. And I make, I don't know, little noises from time to time where it's like, <clears throat> and, you know. <laughs> Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Drink a lot of water ahead of time if you're going to see it because it, maybe it was just me, I don't know, something sad happens at a certain point and I was just like, oh, <laughs> I've never cried that hard in a movie. It was like an embarrassing level of tears. So something happens to the pants? <laughs> they, <laughs> they bust a seam. Oh, yeah. God. And the thing is at this point, you love these pants. You love the pants. <laughs> 
it's tough when one person works at home and one person leaves and because they're bringing a whole different energy in and out of the house. Yeah, when like when you leave the house to go to work and then you come back, you know when the house smells. <laughs> right? Like yes. when you work from home, you kind of don't, you know, when you, you walk get into like a nose blind. That's what I learned in a Febreze commercial. <laughs> 